Welcome to the Living Word, the teaching ministry of Pastor Fisayo Adeniyi, lead pastor of the Ransomed House Lagos. Get ready for enlightenment, encounter, and impartations by the Word. Be blessed as you listen. A message from God that will deliver you. I have a message from God that will change your life for good. In the name of Jesus. Uh, and I just want you to just sit back, open your Bible if you can, wherever you are right now, uh, wherever you are. I just want you to go to the book of James chapter 1. James and then chapter 1. I want us to see God's word together because this word of God will abridge. This word of God will deliver you. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and then I read verses 6 to 8. The Bible says, but when you ask... You must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts, look at that. Why is he saying that? He said, because this is the why. He said, he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. All right? Verse 7 says, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. That person should not expect to receive anything from the law. As believers, we want to, expect, we want to receive from God. But yes, scripture is saying, that person should not think that he will receive anything even from the law. Now today, I want to speak to us on why do I keep doubting? Why do I keep doubting? Bible make it clear, makes it clear here that the person who doubt will not receive anything from the Lord. I believe we understand that James went forward and then in verse 17 he said that every good gift, perfect gift come from above. So whatever it is you and I are expecting will come from the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you because the entrance of the word give light today. You give understanding unto us. Father, as we go into your word, let your word do us good to God. Let your word, uh, let your word liberate us. Uh, let your word do us good. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I was saying that every good gift, perfect, is come from Jesus, come from above, not from beneath, from above, not from the earth, from above. But here is God saying that those who doubt will not receive anything from the Lord. Now, we all know that our life is dependent on what we receive from God. What we have is what we receive from God. John, uh, Jesus was speaking uh, and he said, no man, it was John that was speaking, uh, talking about Jesus. He said, no one can receive anything except it be given from above. Listen, no one can receive anything. Therefore, everything that is worthwhile that you will ever receive, whether it's a relationship, it's a finished project, completion of a project, your desire being fulfilled, it will come from God. It will come from God. But, He's saying now that you will not receive that thing if you doubt. Therefore, doubting, doubting is something a believer must keep away from his life. Now, I want us to look at three scenarios from scriptures. And then I want us to draw wisdom from these scenarios from scriptures. Because the Bible says, out of two or three witnesses, the truth shall be established. And um, permit me, you know, if you read the book of Proverbs, he said three things. Then he said four. So I'm going to give you four scenarios uh, so that you can see that the truth is well established. Number one, you remember the man with the epileptic child. 
Bible says Jesus came down from the month of transfiguration, Matthew chapter 17. You read a story in 17, 14 to 20 of the book of Matthew. And he came with Jesus and said, and he came to his disciples, Jesus was not there. Jesus came back from the mountain of transfiguration, came down and saw the commotion and said, what's going on here? And, and, and the man explained that a child has been sick, fall to the fire and all of those things. And, and, and he said, if you can do anything, help us. And Jesus said to him, he said, if you can believe, everything is possible to him that believeth. Now, that's what scripture says. And the man said, help my unbelief. Now, was this man really in doubt or was he in faith? Now, that's the question I seek to answer today. Because see, many times we, 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 we do not understand doubt. There's a difference between faithlessness, not having faith, unbelief, not having faith, and doubt. And I'm going to establish that today. Number two, you remember Peter walking up on water? That's a very popular scripture. I mean, some of us go ahead and then we just, we just say, Peter, Peter didn't try. I mean, I mean, but Jesus, have you ever walked on water? If you have never walked on water, you will not know what it means to walk on water. I perceive that Peter, as he, as he was taking those steps, he started seeing a storm and then he looked down, saw water and was wondering what's going on here. Bible says he began to sink. He began to sink. Now, number three, you remember Jarius? Jarius and his daughter. His daughter was sick, went to Jesus, Mark chapter 5, and then Jesus was delayed because the, the woman with the issue of blood came, met Jesus. And then the Bible says, Jesus began to go again. As Jesus finished that scenario, finished that case of that woman with the issue of blood and was about to progress, some people came from the house of Jairus and told Jairus, your daughter is already dead. There's no need to trouble the master. Your daughter is dead. Many of us are in that situation where, where, where news have come and said, listen, it's a, dead, it's a dead end. Don't bother. It's a dead thing. Don't bother. That relationship is ended. Don't bother. That, that, that home is ended. Don't bother. That job, you are going to be sacked. I mean, but that was not the promise of God. Jesus had already told Jairus, I'm coming with you. So now there was a situation that was contrary. Now Jesus made a statement I love. Mark chapter 5 verse 36. He said, do not be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. What were they saying? And you know that popular guy, I mean, when you talk about doubt, if I, like, like now, if I ask you, doubt, give me a scripture, give me a person in scripture that is almost synonymous with that word doubt. Thomas, Thomas, that's what you say, doubting, in fact, we, we have turned into like his surname, <laughs> doubting Thomas, I mean, that's his name. Why? Because he doubted, he's the most famous doubter in the Bible, I mean, maybe not even in the Bible, maybe in, in all of eternity. Because all over times, people have said and people know that this guy is a doubter. You find a story in John chapter 20, 26 to 29. Now, these scenarios pointed to something that is very key and very important. And, and this is where many, many robbers miss the road. And I want you to take, pay attention here, please. Pay attention here, sweetheart. Pay attention here. This is the secret. It is impossible to talk about doubt without first of all talking about faith. Meaning that a man cannot be in doubt if he had not first believed. And that is the case you see in all of this story. The man with the epileptic child, he went to, the, he went to Jesus. Faith took him to Jesus. Faith took him. He had had. So he, took, he went to Jesus because he believed this man can heal. But when the child started manifesting again, 
Doubt crept in. That's what you find also in Peter. Peter took the four steps, believing Jesus' word, come and he was coming. But then doubt step crept in. Jarius and his daughter, Jarius believed, in fact, in as much as there was that commotion, he stayed within that commotion. He was not, he, he was not afraid. But then they came with that news. Trouble not the master, your daughter is dead. And then doubts came, crept in. Jesus saw that and said, do not be afraid. Remember Thomas? That most famous guy? He, because he was his disciple. But doubts crept in. So, let me define what is doubt. Doubt is to go from certainty to uncertainty. While you are in faith, you believed. You are certain that that promise will come to pass. And you see, that is how our journey begins. That is how our journey of faith, that's how it begins. Our journey of faith always begins, always, always begins with faith in the heart. With faith in the heart. If you can bring your mind back to the first time God told you that that's your wife. The first time God told you, you are going to have a car. The first time God told you, you are going to have revelations. I'm going to use you. I'm going to anoint you. If you can put your mind back to those words, those encounters you have, you will discover that you had faith. You are so certain of those things. And then you gradually move from certainty to uncertainty. That's what doubt is. Listen, it is, not, it is impossible to doubt when you have not first believed. So doubt is wavering in the face of circumstances and negative evidences. Doubt, that's the definition I came up with. That doubt is wavering in the face of circumstances and negative evidences. And that word waver is that same word that we read in James chapter 1. James said, if, he said that man who doubts, he said that man who wavers, he says he's unstable in all his ways. It's instability. From that point of stability, you began to waver. Like the wave tore to and fro. You, you, you begin to come to faith. You come out of faith. You begin to come to trust. You come out of trust. That's what happens when doubt creeps in into your life. Doubt, doubt therefore begins when you start wavering in your faith. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidences of things not seen. You do not see it but you are convinced it was going to happen. But then you begin to fear. God's idea is that you stay true to your conviction. That is God's idea. That is God's plot. That is God's goal. That you stay true to your conviction. Be fully persuaded. Abraham, our father, Paul was speaking about it. He said he was, he was, he said, be fully persuaded. Romans chapter 4. That he was promised is also able to make it come to pass. He was not just a little persuaded. Scripture says he was fully persuaded. I hope you understand this. That faith, God's idea is that you'll be fully persuaded. Faith, God's idea is that you'll be fully persuaded. You come to that point where you are fully convinced that what God has said will come to pass. Listen, the devil's primary goal is to plant seed of doubt in your life. Can I say that to someone again? The devil's primary goal is to plant seed of doubt in your life. That's how we got Eve. He just came and said, as God really said, <laughs> we, it, it, it looks like a subtle statement, but the idea behind that statement, uh, the logos, the reason behind that statement uh, was to plant a seed of doubt. So you are in a relationship. The devil will come and say, as God really said that is your husband? <laughs> you, you are about to relocate. He will come to you and say, as God truly said you should relocate? 
what he's doing is that he, 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 he has, he's planting that seed of doubt. Now, what, what you need to do, what you need to know is that when you begin to entertain that thought, doubt begins to build a foundation in your heart. Therefore, it is important that you take hold of that thought the moment it is planted. Little wonder Paul was talking about wrestling. He told us, uh, he said, we must hold our thoughts. He said, you must hold bound every contrary thought, anything that holds itself highly against the knowledge of God. He said, you must hold it bound. You must subject it. That's what you and I must learn to do. The devil's prime shot is doubt. Make you doubt the existence of God. Make you doubt his goodness. Sir. Make you doubt his promises. Sir. Make you doubt his faithfulness. Make you doubt his love for you. If he can make you doubt, he can sink you. You can ask Peter. Peter was sinking. If the devil can make you doubt, he can sink you. He can sink that business. He can sink that relationship. He can sink your spiritual life. If he can make you doubt, he can sink you. If I say it like this, if the devil can get you into the arena of doubt, you are a goner. Apology to Arsenal fans, but you are a goner. <laughs> doubt is not the opposite of faith. Unbelief is. You need to understand that. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. Many people say he doesn't have faith, he's doubting. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. They are not two parallel lines. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. Unbelief. No faith at all. Zero faith. That is the opposite of faith. The opposite of doubt is conviction. Is assurance. That's the opposite of doubt. If you are in conviction, if you are living in assurance, that baby will come. That child will come. That visa will come. That home will be built. Oh, I'm going to make heaven. That's conviction. That's assurance. But when you begin to doubt your salvation, that's the devil. When Christians have a healthy faith, they have assurance and conviction. They are sure of faith objects, even though they have not seen the evidence even with their eyes. Jesus said, and I love what he said, Say all believers must become like children in order to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 18 and then verse 3. You see, childlike faith differs from a doubting faith in that children are very trusting. They are ready to receive whatever we say without asking questions. It's when a parent makes a promise to a child. Like when I tell my daughter, I'm going to give you this. She doesn't ask me, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you seriously sure? She believes I'm going to do it. Even though, even if at that time I don't have the money or I don't have the capacity for it, she believes I'm going to do it. That's childlike faith. Have you discovered that there are stories they told you when you were growing up and then you ask yourself now, how or not did I believe the story? Like the story of that tooth fairy. Like just keep your teeth uh, and then the fairy is going to come and take it away. Like all those things. You, you believe it because you are a child. When they tell absurdities, stories, tales, like, like, like in the UK, in the US, I'm not sure they say it around here. They talk about the Easter Bunny and all of those stories. And they believe it. Children believe it. I know how, how strong myself and my wife will be convincing my children and say, listen, guys, this is not, this is real life. This is not cartoon. Don't believe all of these things you see. Because I, I, I remember, uh, I think Leia was coming back. He stays with me and he was coming back. Home and then he had he was in traffic in Lagos for hours and then he he it was my daughter's birthday so she went to her and said why didn't you come on time and she said and he said there was traffic and then he looked at her and said why didn't you get a I think it was the junior star and said you should have gotten an open car an open car I said to myself I said this is too much cartoon and then he said you know the, the other one said 
you know, your car, you could even get a flying car. And I'm thinking, who, who? I mean, they see that in cartoons, they see that, and then they think, oh, this is, that's childlike faith. Whatever they see, they believe. You need childlike faith if you are going to walk with God. Whatever he says, you must believe. Whatever he tells you to do, you must do. You just must believe. It's not a place of logic or rational, or being rational. It's not a point of reasoning. You just have to trust God that what he said, he's going to do. When a child lays his head to the bed to sleep, oh, Lord God, they just sleep. No worries at all, no fretting at all. I mean, it's even said amongst us that I slept like a baby. It's time to just sleep in the promises of God. It's time to just trust God that is the man of his word. Now, in rounding off this sermon today, equipping you for this week's service, I'd like to tell you five things why people doubt, why they keep doubting. Five. Five. And I want you to hold fast to these words. If you can attack the devil or, or, or block the, the, the entry point in these areas, then you will see that it's easy for you to keep living in faith, keep walking in the promises of God, keep walking in the fullness of God's word. If you can do these things, number one, why do keep people, why do I keep doubting? Why do I keep doubting? Number one, inadequate knowledge about God. I'm not saying you don't have knowledge, but your knowledge is inadequate. He that he thinks he knows, knows not as he ought to know, Paul said. The problem is lack of faith. The problem is that there is no, no not knowledge in your heart. They don't know him. You may have heard of him. Like that man who brought his son to the, to the feet of the month of transfiguration. He had heard about Jesus. But when he came, when the push come to shove, he, he started saying, listen, help my humbly. Because the knowledge he had was not enough. Listen, your knowledge and take you to the feet of Christ. Ensure that you have enough knowledge to take what you want from him. Ensure. I mean, that's why they first of all believed. They believed him because they had a knowledge about him. I'm trying to say that knowledge itself is progressive. You need to come into more knowledge. If you are doubting in the area of healing, it's because you have not fed your soul and your spirit enough in that area. If you are doubting God as it concerns financial prosperity, it's because you have not fed yourself enough. If you're doubting God as it concerns vision and prophecy, it's because you have, not, you have not fed yourself enough. Listen, the more you come to knowledge, the, more easy, the easier it is for you to walk with God. I mean, that's why people cannot walk with God. That's why people doubt. Insufficient knowledge. The knowledge is not enough. Inadequate knowledge. Here's Isaiah chapter 4 verse 6. He said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They know he's God. But they cannot appropriate his processes. They cannot appropriate his ways. And God said it in the Old Testament. Paul repeated it again in the New Romans chapter 10 verse 2. He said, I testify of my people that they have zeal but without knowledge. Listen, passion may be there, but you may not have knowledge about God. You may be serving him in the, in the church, but that does not mean you have the knowledge of God. The knowledge of the truth is what sets you free. The knowledge of the truth is what sets you free. Bible says in Isaiah chapter 5 and then verse 13, he said, my people enter into captivity. That means my people have been taken into captivity. They are in change because of lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Isaiah chapter 6 and then verse 3, Bible says, then shall you know if you follow to know the Lord 
I tell you, you need to gain more knowledge as it concerns that field. Whatever area God is calling you to, whatever area you want to assess and appropriate the promise of God in that area, I want to say to you that there are giants in the face who are Christians who have gone through that same field, that same process. You need to learn their story. Listen to their story. Read scriptures that has to do with that promise of God. Build up yourself on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let God speak to you. Write it down. These are ways in which your knowledge of God is increased specifically in that area. Many people have knowledge of God as it concerns prayer. They have knowledge of God as it concerns fruitfulness. They have knowledge of God as it concerns an area, but they lack knowledge in another area. You must grow in that area where God has promised you. That's how faith leaves. You just discover that faith just disappears. Number two, def- uh, why do I keep doubting? Because you are focusing on the obstacle. You are focusing on the obstacle. Can't you see? <laughs> when the 12 guys were sent to spy, the, the 12 spies, when they were sent, two came back with good report. Ten said evil report. The difference between the two reports was the focus. Listen to this. Read that story well. Joshua and Caleb never denied that there were giants in the land. They never denied that the people in the land were mighty. They they never denied that they were the descendants of giants and and the people of Anak. They never denied. But what they said was, listen, if our God will give us this land, we will have it. If our God will give us this land, we will have it. In as much, and they never said they were grasshoppers. Why? Because they were focusing on a bigger God. That was the law of focus. That's the law of focus. Whatever you focus on becomes bigger. And whatever you focus on becomes bigger, why you become smaller. Little wonder Israel saw themselves, ten spouse saw themselves as locusts, as, 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 as grasshoppers. And you see, the story, <laughs> you say, he said, we were like grasshoppers before them and so were we before them meaning that we saw ourselves as grasshoppers but that's not the story they also saw us as grasshoppers and then i'm asking was there an interview did you ask them how, what they feel about you no if that's what fear that's what doubt causes in your heart when you focus on the billions you will need to do that project when you focus on the millions you need to do that project when you focus on the things you will need to conquer to be known in that order. When you focus on the obstacles you need to surmount before the promise of God will come to pass, then you will not enter into the promises of God. Doubt comes into the house. Listen, the moment Peter shifted focus from Jesus to the sea, he began to sink. Doubt came in. Let me say this to you. And, and you may need to write this down. Fear and doubt are Siamese twins. Fear and doubt as CMS twins. Fear is the gate. Doubt is the window. The moment fear is introduced to your life, you begin to doubt everything. You begin to doubt everything. The devil's idea is to make you afraid. Have, have you ever written your project or, or, or you wrote your vision and then suddenly fear just grab you? I say, what? how will this happen? The intention really is not fear. The intention is to doubt. So even when you knock out fear, the seed of doubt has been sown. Be careful. Why do I keep doubting? I'm trying to help you here tonight. Why do I keep doubt, doubting? Negative and contrary voices. You keep listening to negative and contrary voices. 
is the reason you cannot make a decision on who to marry. Because you have seen your negative, you have had negative voices. When you open social media, you are seeing how marriages are broken down. You are seeing how people are chasing themselves out of their houses. You are hearing news. Listen to these negative and contrary voices. It took only 10 guys to derail a whole nation from entering into the promise of God. That should make you afraid. It took only 10 guys to derail a nation from entering into the promised land. I mean, they were not in Egypt. They were at the bank of the promised land. They were at the bank of the promised land. But 10 people with negative news, 10 people voices, contrary opinion to what God has said, derailed them from entering. If 10 people would derail a nation, one person, half, 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 Otito, to derail you, half, one is enough. If you have a voice always sowing the seed of contradiction into your life, if you have someone always sowing a seed of fear, of doubt, of how gargantuan your challenges are to you, it's time to shut down that voice. Say after me, I will shut down every voice contrary to the promise of God in my life. I shut down every voice contrary to the promise of God in my life. You need to shut it down. I don't care who the voice is. It might be a voice of, of a so-called prophet. It might be a voice of, of your village uh, chief. It might be sometimes even the voice of your father. It does not matter. I've been in places and in systems where I have to deny and say, no, I know what God has said. I know what God has said. And I trust spiritual authorities. I know what God has said. Why? Because conviction in the heart will break down any obstacle. Conviction in the heart will break down any obstacle. God saw them. They were convinced. They were fully persuaded. They were going to be the tower Lord to heaven. And God said, nothing these guys have determined. Nothing can stop them. He had to come down and stop them. Conviction in the heart. You will become unstoppable. Number four, past experiences and mistakes is the reason you keep doubting. Past experiences. If the devil can manage to lie to you once, he will lie to you at all times. If he can lie to you that God failed you once, say, ah, God failed me. I confess. I did all I'm supposed to do, but God did not turn up. If he can make you say that statement, believe that statement, that statement is the seed upon which future doubt will grow. That seed, that seed is the ground upon which all future doubt will grow. Be careful. Don't, you see, you know in part, you profess in part, you see in part, don't come to conclusion when it comes to spiritual things. Don't come to conclusions, except you have all the details. If the devil can lie to you and say, God has failed you once. Uh, did you not say, did you not hear him plan? And the girl said no. <laughs> now you are saying you are hearing him. You better be careful. Or he tells you, Jamie, you had God, inside that project. Look at you. That, where's where business now? Well, you want to go and invest again? You go say, God, don't be careful. If he can make you doubt the goodness of God once, if he can make you tag an experience wrongly, you are in trouble. Listen to this. Sometimes it only takes us to remember that no one has ever done what we are trying to do before. Then you start doubting. You say, maybe it's impossible. Look at my family. Nobody has ever become that. What, what am I even talking about? Why am I thinking this way? Is it not right in my like this? Listen, if the devil can sow these things, he will win over you. And then finally, guys, Finally, guys, people of God, and this is very important. Why do I keep doubting? You have not stopped comparing yourself with others. Paul said it. He said, they that compare themselves and measure themselves by themselves, they are not wise. A lot of translations say they are foolish. You know, now you really just get that. You, you just get that. You, you understand it fully and you understand what God is saying. Don't compare your journey with others. Your fingerprints are not the same. Your spiritual experiences will always not 100% be the same. There are spiritual principles, yes. But there are no sort thing as same spiritual experiences. There will always be a point of departure. There will always be a point where it does not seem like it. The fastest way to doubt is to compare yourself with others. The fastest way to doubt is to compare yourself with others. Israel did it and they went out of faith. They compared themselves. I said, look at us, look at that. And that's why, look, I, 
I honestly, oh no, I honestly, I feel like I say, oh no, oh no, again, I say, oh no, I honestly don't believe it. Faith with Goliath. More than seven feet tall. Scripture, Bible story, historians have told us he was about nine feet tall. He was tall, a giant with 12 toes. He looked at him as nothing. Today I will feed your carcass to the bed of the air. Who are you? Hey, glory. Listen, in every field there are giants. In every field, if you compare yourself, God says start a marketing business. You start comparing yourself with certain folks who already have electronic keyboards, who already are employing the best graduates from, from Yale, from Harvard. You start comparing yourself, there will be trouble there. There will be trouble there. You start a ministry, you start comparing yourself with some mega screen church. Hello, there will be trouble there. <laughs> you can hear my, but don't compare. Don't ever compare. Your marriage is not somebody else's marriage. Don't compare your husband with another man. Don't compare your spouse with another person. No two persons are the same. When you start comparing, I've been in a situation where somebody comes to me and I say, he said, I'm not sure that's my lady. And, I, and I'm asking, and, I, I, and I'm asking, when did this start? You know, many times I understand that it started when they begin to compare the lady they are dating or the man they are dating with a friend of theirs or with somebody else. They begin to say, you see, see the way this one reacted. See, 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 see the way, see the way mommy G.O. did. See, see, see. My, my wife will not do that. See the way mommy G. Hello. There are things mommy G.O. does that your wife don't do. And you will never know. Ogafara Bale. Stop comparing yourself with others. Stop comparing what the blessings of God, the promise of God with others. The fastest way to doubt is to compare yourself with others. Israel did it. They went out of it. If you do it, you will be destroyed. Oh, he has more money. Can't you see they are bigger than us? Oh, he's so anointed. Come on, keep quiet. God has anointed you too. Walk on that anointing. Be diligent on that anointing. Keep making demands on that anointing. And you will see it break forth like the morning day. Like the, like the, start, like the, like the dawn of a new morning. That's what happens when we believe in what God has said concerning us. Can I wrap this up and tell you sincerely, ladies and gentlemen, that what God has said will come to pass. But the devil understands that he cannot stop the promises of God. He cannot stop God from doing what God has promised. He cannot stop God's word from coming to pass. Because what God has said is like his hand is stretched forth. He knows he can't turn it back. He knows what God has proposed. He cannot annul it. He knows that he cannot cancel the plan of God. He knows what he can do is to come to the final person. The person in which God's promises has come and deter the person so that it can cause you to move. So that when the blessing of the Lord comes, it will not meet you in faith. And that's why James was telling us. He said, anyone who thou should not believe, that person should not expect. Don't even expect it. He said, to receive anything from the Lord. He said, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. I want you to understand that the devil can read the Bible. Do you understand that? The devil knows this scripture. So he knows that how to stop the promise of God from coming to pass in your life is to make you doubt. If you can doubt, he will go back to God and say, remember, you cannot, you can't give him, you can't, you can't give him, it's in your word. It's in your word. It's in your word. They will not get you. The devil will not get you. Can I say to somebody, the devil will not get you. You must keep believing. Bible says such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. I want you to fix your eyes on God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The writer of people say, looking unto Jesus. Looking, not look, not look. Looking. It's a consistent, persistent, and continual word. Looking unto Jesus, the altar and the finisher of our faith. Can you look up to Jesus tonight and begin to say, Lord, I refocus on you. 
I focus on you. I focus on you. I rechannel all my energy to you. If as I've been speaking, certain things have been, have, you, you, God is telling you, no, you know that's you? You do a lot of comparison, that's you? You don't need a man to tell you what it is. You don't need to lie to yourself. I want you to just take it to God and begin to have a koinonia. Begin to talk to God and say, God, I repent. In sackcloth and ashes, I repent. And I relocate myself in it to the point where your blessings will miss me. To the point where your promise will miss me. I believe your word. I believe what you have said. I believe your counsel. And I refuse to doubt. From today, I do not doubt anymore. I do not doubt anymore. From today, I am aligned. Ha. I am properly aligned to the fullness of grace. Properly aligned to the fullness of your promises. Are you praying tonight? Are you praying? Now, wherever you are, you can open your mouth and just pray. Just pray. Mazula kaikia divulia. Every obstacle that caused you to doubt, I declare by the name of Jesus, I pull them down now. And I declare faith is built in your heart. Faith is built in your heart. Faith is built in your heart. The Lord God of heaven is building faith in your heart. In the name of Jesus, you stand. Bible says, having done all to stand. Stand therefore. I declare in the name of Jesus, every contrary word, every negative word that has been released into your home, has been released even into your business. Every negative word that has been released into your life, every negative word that has been released even into your business, into your life, into your affairs, tonight, we attack it with the word of God, with the first word that Jesus gave, with the first faith, with the first word, with the vision of God for your life. I will declare that word is coming to pass. That word is coming to pass in the name of Jesus. Can you take three more minutes to begin to build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. Begin to build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. Some of you, as I was preaching, your conviction was coming back. Your heart was pruning you. You begin to say, God, when did I miss it? Where did I miss it? I want, I believe and I want you to know that every Heaven is saying, I'm restoring to you even that energy. I'm restoring to you that zest. I'm restoring to you that zeal. That zeal, that passion, that fire that your vision carried originally. I'm restoring it to you now. That vision is restored now. That fire is restored now. That power is restored now. That energy, that energy, that energy, that authority you had when you first met with God, when you first encountered Him, when He gave you that revelation, that purpose when he shared it with you, that plan, that vision, that energy, that that zest, that zeal, the Lord is restoring it tonight. The Lord is restoring it tonight. The Lord is restoring it tonight. Makala There is a restoration tonight. There is a restoration tonight. Every doubt that has eaten up the prophecy 
promises of God, every doubt that has eaten up the prophecy, Bible says you must take heed unto prophecies that you have received unto the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Every seed of doubt that has been introduced into your life, that has been sent into your life, that has been channeled into your course to derail you from faith, to derail you from believing God. I stand. Thank you for listening. This has been The Living Word. If you have been blessed by this teaching or for counseling or any other inquiry, kindly send us an email to pfa at theransomedhouse.com or fisayoadenii at yahoo.com or please call 0912-772-3824. The Ransomed House, empowering people to live for Jesus.